motherhood, marriage, and all things adulting. That's what you'll find each week here at the Chaos Under Control podcast. What's up, guys? I'm your host, Emily Richardson, and I'm so excited to share this transparent and relatable space with you. So grab a coffee, invite a friend, and let's hang. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Chaos Under Control. My name is Emily Richardson, and I am the host and the creator of this podcast. Today's episode is Season 6, Episode 111, and today's episode is very cool because not only are we approaching Valentine's Day and the season of love, but I think that it's so special right now to talk about this because when we have just gotten through the holidays and the draining energy that we don't have and just going and visiting people and shopping and spending money and doing all the things and like us we did all that and then planned a birthday party and so we have been running on E for several weeks now and so I think this episode is just great to talk about now because as we are dwindling down all the holiday chaos and now just having a season of a little bit slower pace trying to enjoy the breeze smell the roses that sort of thing I think it would be nice to just kind of spark this topic because right now more than ever I do think that the world could use a lot more love I mean we could all agree to that but today specifically we are talking about within your home so with your children with your spouse and so we're talking about love banks today now that is a topic that we had introduced to us not long after we got married and I've thought about it uh, often I would say I think about it pretty regularly and it's just kind of become part of our everyday life it's not like I'm saying okay love bank love bank but the idea of it has stuck with me for the majority of our marriage I would say And this is an episode you could use headphones for as well. It's not necessarily inappropriate. It's just something that might be better off, not like the news that just plays in the background. It's kind of something you may want for yourself. So pause this, go get your headphones, and you can come back in a moment and join us. But I think this episode is going to be fitting for everyone because this isn't something that only if you're an introvert or extrovert or anything like that. Everybody has a love bank, even if you didn't know it until now. And so when this information was given to us, I had never thought about it. Really, I didn't. I had heard of Enneagrams and love languages and whatever, all the different tests there are out there for uh, personality, Myers-Briggs, all the things. And so I'd never heard of Love Bank. And when I started looking into it, there's tons of books, there's all kinds of people who cover what the Love Bank is, but this is just a brief snippet of it for you. So a Love Bank essentially is how you keep track of how you treat and love others and how they treat and love you. That's what your Love Bank is. So think of your marriage as a debit card and a bank account, or think of your relationship with your children as each of you and each of them have a bank account together and a debit card. Think of it like that. And so what it is, is that, like I said, specifically, we're talking about your marriage and your children, but you could think of this beyond with friendships or whatever, but think of it this way. So as a bank account would be, there are deposits and there are withdrawals. And everybody understands how that works. If you're listening to this podcast, you should know how a bank account works. You deposit money into it or you spend money that's in it, which is a withdrawal. So a form of a deposit would be compliments. If someone, your spouse, you're you're complimenting your children, they compliment you. 
that would be a deposit. Loving someone in their love language specifically, that is a huge deposit. Being intentional, that is a big deposit. And fighting together, fighting on the same team, fighting for the same goals, that is a deposit. There are other examples, but those are some big ones that I feel like cover it pretty well. Now on the flip side, withdrawals would be insults, ignoring their love language or love languages, fighting against one of one another. Those are huge withdrawals. So think about ways in which you want to be loved and things that make you feel loved. And then think about when it comes to your spouse or your children, ways that they want to feel loved and ways that you love them. And think about how that lands on the deposit or withdrawal spectrum. So much like a budget for your monthly bills, you need a bank budget as well, a love bank budget as well. So here's an example. After whatever the amount is spent, we cannot spend any more money. So after blank amount of money is spent from your regular bank account, after you pay your car payment, your bills, your groceries, whatever is left cannot be spent. We have to save that. We have to put it in savings. We have to hold on to it for an emergency. We have to make sure the bank account doesn't get overdrawn. So after blank money is spent or blank money is withdrawn, no more money can be spent. No more money can be withdrawn. Okay. That's a pretty common situation we've all faced. I feel like unless you're just insanely rich and you've never had to think about that one time in your life. But anyone listening to this podcast, I would like to think could imagine that scenario. All right. So let's think of that from a love bank perspective. After blank word is said, that means the balance is dangerously low. That means nothing else can be withdrawn. So as stated before, once you reach a certain amount of money spent from your paycheck, you can't spend anymore. You have to save the rest. You have to hold on to it. That's the same situation here. Once a certain amount of withdrawals have been made from your love bank and a certain word is said, you can no longer withdraw anymore. The balance is dangerously low. You have to hold on to every amount of balance in the love bank. You cannot withdraw anymore. You cannot fight anymore. You cannot ignore love languages anymore. You can't insult anymore. That does not work anymore. You have to deposit from there. All you can do is deposit. So keep that in mind as the layout for how this is going to go. I'm going to turn my paper over. I'm sorry if it sounds horrible in the microphone. Okay, so ways to begin your love banking journey. So now you know like how it works, how the situation works. So ways to begin the love banking journey is what I just touched on with uh, the example of once your balance gets to X amount of dollars, you can't spend anymore. The love banking example is once your love bank gets to a specific word that is said or a specific fight that has happened, you cannot withdraw anymore. So one way to begin this is to sit down with your spouse and children and ask these questions. What can I do to make you feel most loved and give several examples? So if I sat down with Tyler and Stetson, who is four, it wouldn't be as easy with him, but... If I sat down with Tyler and said, what can I do to make you feel most loved? Give me every example you can think of. He would give me whatever his examples are. And then I would do the same. I would ask him to ask me that question. And then I would answer the question. And then I would say, what should I not do? Because it makes you feel not so loved. And I know this concept sounds cheesy, but if you look at the big picture and day in and day out, how many little fights you have, how many little things get under your skin, how many little things make you feel so noticed and loved and appreciated. If you look at that and you address it in this cheesy conversation that may be five minutes long, it makes a world of a difference. It honestly does. 
So with that, if I told Tyler, hey, honestly, when you write me a sweet note, whether it's a note on the fridge, on the dry erase board, or you send me a sweet text once a week, or you just let me know, hey, you're doing a great job. You are really working hard. And I know some days you feel like you don't contribute financially, so you're not contributing at all, but you're doing so much. That is my love language. Words of affirmation are my love language. That said, because that's my love language, when I don't get words of affirmation, I feel the most unloved. So if he says hateful things to me, or if I get the silent treatment, that makes me feel unloved. I feel like it's that way for a lot of people. Whatever makes you feel most loved when you don't get that, you feel the most unloved. For him, his love language is acts of service. So if he comes home and I've done some laundry and I've let him know, hey, dinner's ready. I've already got your uniform laid out for work. I already ran that errand or already did that. And he can come home and relax and there's not a slew of things for him to do. That makes him feel loved. Now, if he came home and I'm like, hey, sucks to suck, but the dishes haven't been done in two weeks. The laundry is taking over our house. Um, I have nothing cooked for dinner. We have nothing in the fridge to make for dinner. I haven't showered in a month. Things like that. That would make him feel like he's walking in a war zone, no pun intended. And he does not feel very loved because that makes him feel just very uncomfortable, very out of place. He doesn't feel safe in that environment, that sort of thing. So having said all that, that conversation tells you from the jump, you have a blueprint of what you can and cannot do to make your spouse or your children feel loved or unloved. Now with children, it is different because you have to discipline your children. If your child tells you, when you take away my phone, I don't feel loved. Okay, well, that's different. I am the parent. I have to discipline you. And that is a certain way to do that. You have to dig deeper and explain to them love languages and certain things that make them feel joy in their hearts. If you compliment them, if you play on the floor with them, if you surprise them with, you know, we're going to bake cookies tonight, things like that. So you have to dig deeper with children. Now, with us, something that is huge is a safe word. And it's not what you think. We're talking about a different safe word. We're not getting dirty on this podcast. But a safe word is huge because Tyler is in the military. If you've never met men in the military specifically, women might be the same, but I haven't met a ton of women in the military. But a lot of men are very sarcastic. They joke a lot and they're not doing it to be ugly. It's just if you're in their environment, you got to joke and be sarcastic to make it through a lot of things. So I understand it. But I'm a person that I like a joke here and there, but there's sometimes I want to be serious. I want to be focused. If I'm exhausted from dealing with the kids, if I have a million things to do, I don't want to joke. I don't want to be silly. I want to get it done. And then we can joke. Tyler will crack a joke probably at a funeral if he has the chance. <laughs> he's just, he's just not anxious person. He doesn't get rattled. He doesn't take things seriously. He doesn't stress. He just gets things done and likes to joke his way through it, which I do love that about him. But because of that, we have had to have times where there is a safe word because he'll joke with me and I'm not in the mood to hear it. I want him to be serious. I want to be seen and heard and acknowledged and I want to be loved in my love language. I don't want him to crack a joke and do something that he thinks is funny because it's not funny. I'm irritated. And so to make a balance there, we have a safe word. And then if I tell him that safe word, that means, hey, I'm not being ugly. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to scream and say, stop it. I'm over this. I'm tired of you trying to be silly all the time. Like, we're not going to do that. I'm just going to say the safe word. And that means I'm not trying to joke with you. I know you're trying to have fun right now, but I don't want to hear it. I want you to understand that I need you to be serious. I need you to love me in a serious way right now. I need you to acknowledge me in a way that is not joking. It's not silly. Um, if you think what you're doing is funny, it's not funny right now. It's hurting my feelings or I'm not taking it as a joke. 
that's how the safe word works. And it's fantastic because a lot of times if you look at a love bank, there's withdrawal after withdrawal after withdrawal and nothing puts a stop to it. And so you have to think, okay, if there was only a way to put a stop to it. But oftentimes, if you're like me, you'll address something and without the safe word, you'll say, hey, um, you're really getting on my nerves right now. Or you'll just go, okay, stop. That is so annoying. Or you'll make comments like that. And then the other person will say, chill. I'm just joking. Why are you getting so mad? And then it's a snowball effect from there. When you have the safe word, it's not you being a brat. It's not you shooting them down. It's you saying, I'm speaking from my raw emotions right now. And whether it's work that has you stressed out, your kids, outside noise, your real bank account, finances, anything in that moment, you are not taking them as a joke. Their jokes are not funny. Their jokes could potentially be hurting your feelings. And you are telling them by saying the safe word, this is my way of telling you directly. So you understand this is not funny to me right now. This is not helping me. It is not loving me. It is withdrawing from my love bank. And they have every right to use that word to you when they are feeling those feelings as well. That's totally fair. And it's so special. It's so important. It's so strong. And it can be any word. I wouldn't pick a word like, you know, constipation or something dumb that your spouse is in there saying something. You just say constipation, Tyler. I mean, that, you know, that just sounds odd. So I would pick a word that's a little calmer that just makes you kind of feel like, okay, listen to me. Hear me out. Say it seriously. That is a game changer. So now that we've covered all those points we talked about what the love bank is, how it works, how to address it to your family, how discipline is a little different. Take those answers that your family gives you and that you give them. Take those and put them a note in your phone, maybe um, write it down. If you're a journaling person, put it somewhere where you can find it easily. If you aren't able to remember everything they said, you need to have this accessible because on those days where you notice that your kids are just kind of off, they might be stressed about school or they got cut from a sports team or whatever it is. You can refer back to these notes and say, okay, well, they told me the best way to love them is X, Y, Z. Let me look at this list and see what I can do to let them know, hey, I'm in your corner. I'm going to love you the best I can right now because I see that you need it. Or even if they aren't showing they need it, you just want to love them in the best way. Or maybe you can refer back to the list and say, okay, they're already having a bad day or they already seem like that. They just, they don't need me to make anything worse. So what should I not be doing right now so that they don't feel even more unloved or, you know, feel like they aren't prioritized or they're not seen? What's something I shouldn't do? Okay, well, Stetson, this is not true. It's an example. Stetson told me that when I make him play by himself and I don't play with him, he feels unloved. He wants me to play with him. He wants me to interact with him. Stetson has told me that when I ask him to eat all of his dinner, it makes him feel unloved because sometimes he's not all the way hungry when we're eating dinner. You know, whatever. Whatever examples they give you, take them seriously. If they tell you something and you think in your head, how would that make them feel unloved? Do not shoot that down. Do not look at them and say, oh, come on. Don't, don't do that because you've immediately, you have made the bank overdrawn in that moment. You have shut them down. You have dismissed their feelings and you would not want someone to do that to you. If you are vulnerable enough to sit down in a serious setting and someone asks you, what are things that people can do to you that make you feel unloved? Obviously, if someone hit you with a car, that would make you feel unloved. Let's not say anything under the sun, but let's be specific. And if you said, 
when I tell someone a story or something, a joke, or I say something that I would love a reaction from and nobody says anything, they just play on their phones and they ignore me. I feel so unloved. I feel so just like I want to crawl in a hole and I feel like I shouldn't have said anything at all. That's a good example. And if you tell your spouse that or your children and they say that you're being dramatic, that's ridiculous. We don't want to hear that. Like you're, that never happens. If you say that and they shut that down, you are never going to feel comfortable opening up to them in that situation again. You're also not going to feel comfortable using a safe word in that moment when they shut you down, when they're playing on your phone, on their phones, when you open up something and say something to them that you want them to hear, whether it's good or bad, you want them to respond to whether it's good or bad, and they shut it down and you say, hey, um, ocean, if that's your safe word, because the ocean calms everybody down, let's use that example. If you say ocean, after doing that, and they just look at you and they're like, oh, that what what's the problem? Why are you using the safe word? You know what I mean? You have to be direct and let them know how you feel and what really bothers you. And you have to make sure that everybody agrees that when somebody addresses the things that make them feel loved or unloved, you take it seriously. You respect it. You don't crack jokes. You understand it. This is very important. This is also going to help you outside of the house because as my kids grow up, and they move schools a million times because the army life will do that. I hope they know that when they're building relationships with people, that they're intentional with that and they listen to what people love and what they don't love because they're not going to have 10 years to figure out a relationship with some of their friends. They're going to have to make those roots early and hope that they hold on throughout moving and relocation. And I've been there. I've moved a ton as a kid. So I know how that is. And I want them to understand that you can't just piddle paddle around people's emotions and not take them seriously. And you have to honestly be intentional. You have to love them them in their love language. You have to listen. You have to give advice when they want it. If they come to you and they pour something out to you, you have to say, do you want advice or do you want to be heard? Because sometimes people don't want advice. They just want a listening ear. They want to vent in a safe place and that's okay. And that's part of a love bank. If somebody just says, I want to vent to you because you're a safe space for me and I need to get this off my chest, that's a deposit in both of your love banks. You should feel loved that you are trusted and loved by them and you make someone feel safe in an unsafe world. You should also be depositing back by letting them vent to you, letting them feel safe. Now, if they come to you and they unload something on you and you say, would you like advice or do you want to just be heard? If they say, well, I would love advice. I would love to be heard, but I also want advice. You're allowed to do that. Don't tear them down in the process. Don't be like, well, I just want to let you know you're totally wrong. I understand everything they said and did and you need to get over it that's going to withdraw from the love bank heavily as well. So be gentle, be understanding. These are all great tools to help you communicate with people, help you dig deeper within yourself. Before you go to say or do something to someone, you can say, is this a withdrawal or deposit? Because nobody wants to walk around with a withdrawn bank account. We don't want that for them. We don't want to be the reason somebody's broke, right? So having that mindset you're going to think before you say and do things and you might go out of your way to be more kind and generous throughout the day because you want people to have money in their bank. You want people to have deposits and feel loved. So think about it from multiple different angles and it will be beneficial for everyone involved. So you're taking those answers, you're keeping them with you and you're being intentional. You're thinking before you speak, you're referring back to those answers before you do and say certain things. And to wrap this all up, I have three tips for you. And they're very simple. I mean, they're not anything that's going to blow your mind. But these are three things that if you just hold this at the forefront, 
your love bank and other people's love banks will stay at a healthy deposited space and they will grow and they will flourish. And we all love a big bank account, not just literally we do, you know, but not just literally, but also emotionally and spiritually and mentally and physically and all the things. So these three tips will help kind of pull this all together. Tip number one, revisit the love bank frequently, not just when you see your child or your spouse having a good day or a bad day, just kind of make it a habit, like set a a reminder on your phone three days a week to go visit the note in your phone that says, hey, just a reminder, I'm going to look and see what makes Tyler feel loved and not so loved in case you forget. And once you do it enough, you're going to remember. But then you'll see moments throughout your day where you say, man, I could make him feel loved right now. I know that when he gets up in the morning, the first thing he wants is his coffee. If you're already awake, I'm going to go down there and make his coffee for him. It'll be ready when he walks down. He'll walk down. Oh, my coffee's made. I'm like, yeah, you know, I know you want your coffee first thing in the morning. So I already got it made for you. You've started his day on a great note. Tyler gets up at five o'clock in the morning. So that does not happen often in this house, (laughs) but I do nice things for him when I'm awake. When we first get up in the morning, I do my best, (laughs) but that's just an example. So think about that. Refer back to the love bank. It will become a habit. You'll remember things on there and that will allow you to just pull that into your daily routine without even trying. Point number two, thank someone for their deposit. When you get money for your birthday, when you get money for Christmas, when anything like that happens. If someone gives you money, you say thank you because you know people have to work hard for their money. That money could go to somebody else. It could go to something else and they're choosing to give it to you, whether it's $1, $500, $20. You thank them for that. Stetson got money for his birthday and I stress to him that people work hard for their money, that money does not grow on trees and you can't just get money whenever you want it. And so the people that gave him money and bought him gifts, you thank them, you write them a thank you note, you tell them how much you appreciate it. So he knows that. So the love bank is the same way. When you see your spouse or your children go out of their way to do something nice, to love you in a way that you know they're loving you because it's what benefits you the most, tell them thank you. We live in a world where I've mentioned this before, I think, on the podcast that my pastor pointed it out. And it's true that we go to God every time we want something, but we don't nearly go to him enough to thank him for what we already have. And it's the same right now. Like, you know, Stetson will come to me, mommy, I want this. I want this. I want this. He's gotten in the habit lately of walking up to me yesterday, I think it was. And he said, mommy, thank you for getting me this for my birthday. He's thanked me for that gift four different times now. Now, I love that he's in that habit. I never want him to lose that because I stress to him to say, thank you, thank you, thank you. When he puts his dishes in the sink, thank you for doing that. When he does things that's expected of him, thank you for doing that. When he does things just to be nice, thank you for doing that. Stress gratitude. So that way your spouse and your children don't feel like the only thing that's noticed is when they're doing something wrong or they're doing something to hurt you. Let them know that their hard work, their love, their kindness does not go unnoticed, that you genuinely appreciate it because they're going to want to come back and do that again. Why do you think people go to Chick-fil-A? My pleasure. My pleasure. If they were like, get your food and get, nobody would want to go back there. The food is overpriced, let's be real, but the experience makes it great. And they just are so glad that you're there. They love that you're there. They want you to come back. That's why people return. There is a such thing as customer service in a marriage and in a relationship with your children. That is real. So keep that in mind. It's huge. So next one to wrap this up, point number three, apologize directly for the withdrawal. So you've got 
revisit the love bank frequently, which is what withdrawals have been made, what deposits have been made, in what way can I love them better, in what ways should I not, or should I make sure that I'm not doing so they don't feel loved. You got to revisit that. You have to thank someone for their deposit. You also have to apologize directly for a withdrawal. If you intentionally or not, if you accidentally stole money from someone, you would apologize. I would sincerely hope. And you would return that money. I would sincerely hope as someone who's been robbed at gunpoint. People don't always do that. Shocker. Um, So I would hope you would. But if you knew that you hurt someone's feelings, you would apologize. If you knew that you did something to make someone feel unloved, you need to apologize. Because when you have your spouse and your children, you need to remember it is your responsibility that if every other person on planet Earth didn't love them, they should never doubt that you love them. We in our house know that every single person in this house is rooting for every single person in this house. When Tyler leaves this house, me, Stetson, and Stokes have his back. We are cheering him on. We are rooting for him. We support him. When any of my boys leave this house, me and his dad, me and their dad, you know, have their backs. We want them to do the sport that makes them happy, the activities that they love. We want them to learn hobbies that let them feel most love and creative and express their emotions. We want that for them. We want them to live a life where they know they are so supported by their dad and I. And nothing on planet Earth they could ever do. We may not approve of everything they do, and there are consequences for things they do, but they will never do anything that we do not absolutely love them in the end. They know that. Tyler knows that. Tyler knows I will take a bullet for him. I will go through fire for him. And I absolutely adore him. Even on the days he makes me want to rip my hair out. (laughs) I truly love that man. And I am the best version of me because of him. And I love that he is the father of my children. And I hope that he knows that. And there's some days he probably doesn't because I don't do a good job of expressing it. And I withdraw far too much. But I am trying my best to do better at letting him know that some days you don't withdraw and you don't really deposit. You kind of just stay the same. You may not see each other much that day. You may be busy, but it's always better to deposit instead of withdraw. And to be fair, you're always going to do one or the other 98% of the time. There's very few times you're not going to do either. You're either going to deposit or you're going to withdraw. So let's do our best to make sure we are depositing. And because we're humans, we are going to have moments of withdrawal. But you can always keep the receipt and return your purchase and put the money back where you found it. And apologies go a long way. They do, friends. So thank y'all so much for stopping by today. It is insane that we are getting closer and closer to February, the month of love, if you want to call it that. But that's really the month that February 15th shouts out the Reese's Hearts go on sale. My birthday is the 16th. So that is a birthday gift to myself every year. The Halloween or Halloween, sweet Lord, the Valentine's candy goes on sale the day after Valentine's Day, the day before my birthday. So we love that for me. But thank y'all for coming by. Thank y'all for always stopping by. You are so loved, so appreciated. And one thing before we go. I did create a Facebook group called Hype Queens. Feel free to add yourself to it and I will approve you. Sadly, we do not allow men in the group. I want this to be a safe space for women, not to be sexist, but I think there are certain topics that we will be discussing in that group that women may not feel secure talking to men about. I wouldn't show up to a bro cave the night they're watching football and talk about some of these topics and they wouldn't want me to. So that is what this space is. It's like your nail salon, coffee shop, the ladies hanging out 
encouraging each other, lifting each other up, being supportive, making friendships, relationships. That's what it is. So go on Facebook, search Hype Queens, invite yourself, and we have a lot of fun things coming up there that I want you to be a part of. But until then, I will see y'all next time. I love you dearly and keep your chaos under control.